I think the more more time people can spend in their own head and just going to those uncomfortable places, the more they'll learn about themselves and and what is going to give them more alignment in in life. You're now listening to the Let's Talk About Life podcast brought to you by Don't Settle with your host, Harrison King. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Let's Talk About Life podcast. My name is Harrison King, and i got a special guest here today, someone who I was just chatting with here, but uh, we've never actually officially met. This is our first meeting, so you're getting it uh, all recorded on camera on uh, with the audio, and uh, I'll let her introduce herself. Uh, Stacy, go ahead. Yeah, so my name is Stacy Shand. Um, I am from and live in Saskatchewan, but I also spent some time in British Columbia for training purposes. And so in terms of training, um, my, how I like to spend my free time is uh, completing sort of extreme endurance events um, and challenges that I set up for myself. Sometimes they're races, sometimes not. Um, and yeah, that's sort of, it's a bit about me and why I'm here. Yeah. So, so I, uh, again, haven't, we haven't really shouted, but I've heard about these crazy things that you're up to. Um, and I think it's, I think it's phenomenal. Um, would you, would you mind listing or getting into a couple of the things that you've done? Cause I, I heard something uh, about something in a desert. Is this, is this true? Yeah. Did you do something in a yeah. desert or you want to yes. talk about that for a second? Yes. So basically any of the extremes is, uh, is where you can, you could kind of guess is where I ended up. So, um, training in Saskatchewan, I got into running and, sort of from there, lots more physical activity, like swimming and biking. And then I just got into doing long, long events in right. all of those uh, sports. And so then, yeah, basically, um, as I progress, I found that I just hit this like rhythm when I was over an hour into anything I was doing. So if I mm. went for a run and was like running for like 5k, I'd usually be miserable that entire time. Really? But as soon as I got into like over an hour that I just found this rhythm that I felt like I could stay in forever. And then that made me explore growing from there and yeah, seeing, okay, sure. if I can, how long can I actually stay in that rhythm for? So then, um, my, of course, coming from Saskatchewan, I wanted to see how I could do in like extremely hot races. Right. So I went to Costa Rica and I did a race called the Route of Fire. And every, it was an ultra marathon that was over, it's like a stage race. So each day yeah. you do a race. How many days? Um, was That one was six days, I oh believe. My. And every day included a volcano. So it was extreme and it was during canadian winter so it was like minus 40 in saskatchewan and it was like plus 37 in costa rica when i went to race Holy. there so it was like these extremes and then i went the next race i did after that was uh in the arctic so i went up past the arctic circle and did a race up there so once again i got those different extremes yeah and then from there i was encouraged because running in snow is kind of like running through sand. Right. And I heard about this race that takes place across the Sahara Desert. And you you have to run with all of your equipment to survive for seven days. So all of your food, cooking equipment, everything is on your back as you are running across the Sahara. Well, that must be like 50 pounds. <laughs> well, you really like, honestly, it comes down to like having a spreadsheet where you weigh 
every single thing. You so you got to have labels. nothing with you. <laughs> yeah. And your minimum, I think the cutoff is 18 or 15 or 18 pounds because they don't want people right. putting themselves in danger. Right. So you have to have a minimum. But I think mine was like 19 or 20 pounds. That's a lot of, that's a lot of weight though, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. After that long. And every day you're just, every time you eat a meal, yeah. you're so happy to take more weight lighter. out of your pack because you're like, yes, I've used it. I've used something out of my pack. Um, so I've done that. And then sort of a big race that I was really aiming to get into. Um, it's called the Badwater Ultramarathon. And it is in Death Valley. And it is oh held on the anniversary of the hottest day ever recorded on Earth, which was in Death Valley. And so not only is it insanely hot temperatures. So when I raced, it was like 56 degrees Celsius. So oh my gosh, unreal temperatures. But you start in the on the lowest part of the United States, which was like 300 feet below sea level. And the race ends at the highest point in the lower continental United States, which is Mount Whitney. So you have this heat, but you also have this insane elevation gain. And this race, there's been so many documentaries on it um, because there's people basically are running in like almost like white suits to protect their skin, but they're running on the white line of the pavement because your shoes melt on the black asphalt. Um, So you actually have to run on like the painted line because your shoes will last longer. And so that race was, I think I was the like 10th Canadian to ever take part in that race. It's really hard to get into. And you basically submit like a, like a massive like resume of all the races and events and challenges you've done to get into this race. Um, but every single race, there's something different about it. There's different challenges. It, um, makes me test my limits in, in ways that I hadn't tested before. And so there's so much learning. One of the hardest questions I ever get is like, what, you know, what's your favorite race when you have, you just can't compare them. Well, they're all right? so different. Like, yeah, for they're sure. They're all so different. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really interesting. The first thing you said this is a little while ago, but you were saying about when you were kind of starting this, you were running, you said, are doing anything after like an hour? You're talking like physical activity, right? I, yes. I assume. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, um, you know, people talk about being in a, like a flow state or a state of flow yeah. or whatever they call it. Was that, would you say that that's what happens? Like once you're, you know, you've reached that kind of yes. hour point, what, what do you yeah. think is the difference? Like what, what, what changes at that point? I don't, so what I'm, what I'm assuming from sort of a physiological aspect is that, um, my lungs and heart and muscles have just found a nice like medium that they're like, they're not shocked from what just happened. (laughs) They get into this sort of like rhythm where they're like, okay, this is what's happening. And we are going to keep doing this. Easier to keep going than stopping, right? Exactly. Don't push too much further than this. Stay at this nice like rhythm and we can keep this going. Like I I have just found that where, and it was training for my first marathon that I found that like that piece. And when I got to say about the three hour mark where so many people were hitting the wall. Like you always hear people say you hit the wall. I was like, Oh, I'm good. Like I can keep going. Like this is good. And how do you, I mean, how do you find that? Because you're saying like you were miserable doing run, like even yeah. I mean, obviously you're an exception. But when I hear from most people, nobody likes running, but everybody does it because it's good for you. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. But you know, if you you're like, well, I'm gonna run for 45 minutes and that's it. I'm just saying, like as yeah. a, another person or even myself, yeah. what caused you to start like going past that? You went to like an hour, and then you would start to realize like what would have happened, I guess, if you never 
experienced I that. I know. I wonder, like, I wouldn't have seen the world like I have seen it mm. if I didn't push past that, that yeah. limit. Right. Um, you know, I think a part of it was that I had set a goal. I had set a goal oh, to okay. run like my first marathon and it was like, okay, well, I'm signed up for this and I'm committed to doing this right. and I'm going to see it. Yeah. But then I quickly started to acknowledge how, yeah, like anything up to 10 K I, those were my least favorite runs. Hmm. And I, you know, I think keeping like keeping a journal, like as I was training, I think was really important because I was yeah. able to reflect on that. My yeah, shorter sure. runs were the ones that weren't feeling very good. And it right. was my longer runs that I was able to find that rhythm and just find a yeah. you know, a nice, like, yeah, a nice rhythm I could stay in for a while. Yeah. Right. Something yeah. I'd like to talk about because it's the first thing that comes to mind when you talk about these extreme, you know, things, uh, pushing yourself both mentally and physically beyond what you think you can do. Uh, obviously you can, cause you've done it right. But, but most people, and I think anybody, you know, we get to a point where we're just like, that's it, right? Like I can't do anymore. Yeah. And even like, I mean, like, even me running, I'm not an avid runner, but when I go, I'm yeah. like, oh, I can't do anymore. And then you go however many more kilometers, right? Um, especially what comes to mind is the one in the heat, like ridiculous, the Death Valley, right? Like uh, I just recently saw a video and the guys were just trying to like spend some time in there and it's just ridiculously hot. I'm like, how are you doing exercise? So the yeah. question is, after all of that, you, how do you deal with that mentally pushing yourself past that or, or if you feel like you physically are just done. Uh, yeah. How do you deal with that? <laughs> okay, well, there is this really great quote. I don't know who said it, but it's like, it's famous in the ultra running community. And it's that like ultra events are 90% mental. Yeah. And the other 10% is in your head. Wow. That's good <laughs> right? though. So yeah. it's, right. It's wow. like, and so, so it's true. Like there, of course, there's the physical aspect and training for something like that Death Valley race was it was a lot of specific training like I trained right. in Saskatchewan and throughout like starting in February I was training for that race from February to July like right. very focused training in the middle of Saskatchewan winter and but if you really think about it there is nothing that's going to really prepare you very much for those conditions in Saskatchewan yeah. but I believe you are training your brain so much for just building confidence yeah. in in your skills, in your ability, in your body, um, that you just get to know yourself so well. Hmm. I've tried to explain that to people like, because I didn't, before I was, like, I didn't start running until I was 25. I was not physically active at all until I was about 25. So I have this like, you know, line in the sand that I could basically draw and say before Before and and after. after. Mm -hmm. And I like, you know, it's kind of taboo to say during COVID, but if, if I was ever feeling a cold coming on, like, like I knew things like so quickly because I just know myself inside and out. I'm like, when I'm running an ultra, I'm constantly doing this mental checklist. Yeah. So if it's very rare where you talked about something physical happening that could like, you know, be drastic, you, you're just so aware of it before it even becomes a thing. Right. right. Because you take you care of it before it happens. Exactly. Yeah. And it's actually something they say all the time with that race in particular, because you're so isolated from getting help. Same mm-hmm. with the Sahara. You're so isolated from getting help. It's like, you need to stay on top of anything physical um, and just constantly be like, be checking in with everything in your body right. and coming up with like 
and that's another reason I love these challenges is like you're constantly problem solving. It's like, okay, I feel this. What can I do to make sure this doesn't become something that's right. going to stop this? And and the whole mental thing you said that that quote <laughs> is I think it's awesome because it's a big thing that I I try to think about or focus on is is you know you can what you can do whatever you want right like with yeah. your mind you can you can quite literally do whatever you want and people say it all the time and you hear it and you're like oh whatever you know you can do anything you put your mind to but you know quite literally you can uh and yes. i mean you're you're proof of that that you can like uh you know anybody and i'm sure i'll let you say but you probably just consider yourself just an average person that like totally. you're, you're no different than anybody else right totally. um except that you've now completed these things and you can talk about it um <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah. And how, how have you like noticed that any of this stuff that you're, you know, working on when you're doing the races, how it's affected your just day-to-day life? Yeah. I mean, another good example of just something that a moment that really put things into perspective for me when I was coming back from that race in Costa Rica yeah, and you like every leaf you stepped on as you were running you had to be so careful because there are so many poisonous snakes oh. <laughs> and that was like a huge concern. Right. Yeah. And then you were, you were camping like under these volcanoes. Like I remember one night, like the sky was so bright red because the, it was, the lava was shining onto the clouds in the sky oh, Wow! and it was spewing rocks. Like it was actually spewing rocks out of the volcano. So you'd hear these rocks like ricocheting off of trees or the hillside that you were like oh, camping wow. on the side of. Right? Yeah. Um, and everything was just like, if, even if you get a scratch, your body after so many days is focusing so much on just recovering your major muscles and your lungs and your heart that like your scratches won't heal. You have to be really careful of infections. So it's intense in so many ways. I had this amazing like experience where it's like, this is life altering. I can't see life the same way. And honestly, I feel like that every time I do a race, I'm like, or a challenge that's been, that's, I've yeah. pushed my limits. I'm like, I can't see life the same way. It's going to be different. Yeah. I was flying home and I got a text from a coworker and her comment was something like, oh, like, you know, aren't you excited to come back to real life? You know, all the emails, all the students, all the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it just made me step back. I remember the moment in the air, in the airport. And I was just like, no, 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 no. This was real life. Like what I just wow. experienced was real life. Like all I was focused on was staying alive. Like all I was focused on was like, what is my heart rate? What's my breathing rate? Like, how are my muscles? Like making sure I was recovering fully each night so that I could push it again the next day. Mm. And I thought like, that was the most real life I've ever felt at that, at that time in my life. Um, and this office, like going back to my computer and checking emails and like all of these things, that was, that's, what I do to fill my time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. but like, and to keep ourselves busy as humans, but like, that did not feel like, huh. that does not feel like real life in comparison to actually trying to stay alive through the jungle. <laughs> wow. That's a, right? uh, yeah, that's one of the most, I have to be honest, one of the most credible things I've heard from, I, I've been trying to have these kind of conversations with people for, for quite a while. Um, because, well, two things. It really sounds like when you're saying you're running through the desert and you're, or, you know, running and you're worried about what you're stepping on and yeah. what's happening with your body, you're com- completely focused on mindfulness, yes. right? Yes. 
Fully. Um, it's like it's a meditative state. In, that's what I'm saying. The entire ways. thing, it sounds like to me, right? You're so aware and, and you're just practicing, which most people wouldn't say, you know, when you're meditating, it's you're sitting down, it's quiet and whatever. I mean, you're obviously it's it's hectic. You're running, you're whatever. All, everything's happening in, in, in the wilderness. And uh, but you're you're I would assume, um, would you say that you're like your mind is at peace, like you're calm as, yes. as probably as calm as you can be. And honestly, it's the, it's the happiest too. Like people who have like that one race in Death Valley, you have crew, you have a crew that basically is your lifeline because they need to go get help if you need it. All the rest of them, you're, you're very by yourself. Right. And, and those people like saw me throughout those 48 hours and they were like, like you are the happiest. Like I, I am like, there's moments that are obviously tough and can be stressful, but I'm just in this place of like, just being so in touch with everything that yeah. I am, right? My yeah. being, right? It's pretty cool. I was just talking with somebody about about this and finding alignment, right? Is what you call that. Um yeah. when you're you're I mean I like fully it. aligned yeah. with your purpose, right? Yeah. Like that's that's what you want to be. You said real life, like that's yeah. the office, whatever. It doesn't really matter. And it's obviously different for everybody, right? But yeah. um but for you that's the thing and being fully able to be in that for such a long period of time because of the yes. thing like you say six days. Obviously it's not the entire six days, but for a majority of that you're you're fully in it, yeah. right? Um, how, I mean, I don't think you have the answer, but I'm going to ask anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> how do you think other people that that are finding that they don't have that sense of real life, quote unquote, real life, and what is is what they want and they're aligned, how can you start to find that? Um, that's a really good question. I mean, I mean, like part of it is just is acknowledging what is making you like happy. Where do you find some peace? Where do you find that like you're getting close to something that is, that is aligning you. Mm -hmm. Right. And I know that's tough because it could be, it could be anything, but I think it's, it's once again, it's, it's not putting limits on yourself. Like I Mm -hmm. never like to be um, tagged as, you know, as an athlete even, right. Because then usually means I have to do everything in races but it's like, I can create my own challenge and still get the same. I don't need a medal at the end or a trophy. I, you know? And so I think for, for people, I think it's so easy that we get caught up in, in that sort of that rat race of like, of emails. And this is exactly like these, you know, you have a house by this age and you have this much in RSPs and you have like all of these things. And people think they're going to find happiness in those things without really exploring outside of the, Mm -hmm. off the trail. Right. And so it's like the road less taken. I've always loved, you know, love that poem. And I always think about that, like, you know, just being able to constantly kind of take different streams and see, like, see if they work. And so many of the things that I've, I'm, I'll pause for a second and go back to one thing. So when I was, in some type of professional development event at work, they did one of those tests where you did um, answered all these questions and it came up with your like colors with linked to your personality. And so many people thought that because of what I, I like doing extreme events that I was a risk taker and mm. risk taker was like your, you had the red, red color was risk taker. Yeah. And instead I was the strategic, like strategic, like thinker, that was my, those were my traits. And I yeah. was like, yes, for sure I am. Yeah. So I was constantly like looking at what I was doing in, in life and being like, okay, if I do this, what really is the risk? Cause I'm not a big risk taker. Mm-hmm. Like if I, if I try this and I don't like it, 
I'm not stuck there. I can always come back and home is always going to be there. Mm -hmm. And all of these other things are going to be there. And so, you know, like that's where I try and really think of like trying to always, yeah, take the road less, you know, road less traveled and give it a try because you're not going to be stuck on that road. That other road is always there. You can always come back to it. Um, But you're never going to find what really makes you happy if you keep doing things that make you unhappy. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and it's less of, you're saying being a risk taker, I, the way you're ex- describing it, it's more of just like be more of an explorer to yes. see the other things. Um, and, and it's not really a risk because it's not like you're just stuck with that, that thing that you're, you know, yes. Yes. quote unquote, Maybe. taking a risk for, right? Exactly. But so many people are, are you know, it's, it's scary to move, right? Like yeah. to move to a different city or move to a different province. It that even that action holds a lot of people back, right? Yeah. Um, you know, people love the idea of like traveling, but there's a lot of things that take priority for people over traveling. And it's like, yeah. well, if you, if these things make you happy, you have to start prioritizing happy, yeah. right? At some point you have to start prioritizing that. Wow. And, and I think, I could see people like in my daily life when I was going on these races, they were like, well, you know, but you could be building in your career right now and you could be doing this right now and you could be doing this right now. And I'm like, yes, I could, but that's not, those things aren't making me happy right now. Uh, And I don't feel like I'm growing as much of a person in those things. Like they're not allowing me that space to grow. Yeah. And the thing that comes up um, with, with stuff like that when people say, you know, focus on what you're ha- like, what makes you happy? And it was like, well, it's not going to bring me money or, yeah. you know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, has that ever been the focus of what you're doing or it's, it's been, I want to do this cause I like it. And the question yes. is if you're comfortable sharing, if it has happened, uh, has, has any of that monetary value actually come back to you through sponsors or whatever? Have you gotten that through it through just focusing on being happy and the, other, the rest comes right? Yeah. So in reality, like, I, the best, I mean, I've always been employed. I've always loved my job and loved my work, but I feel like I am a better employee and I'm a better family member and I'm a better everything in my life. When I've had these, these challenges and Mm. these events, I come back being just a stronger person where I feel like I probably would have crumbled more if I wasn't, I didn't have those outlets. Right. It's like, they're, they're so therapeutic. They're so therapeutic. Um, but in terms of, it's really hard in extreme ultra events because they're so small. Like it's a very limited amount of the population that does them. The races are small, that they're not as high profile. So it's very hard to get sponsorship. Right. Um, I basically used, like that was my travel. Like I didn't take trips where I didn't do a race or mm-hmm. didn't do it. Yeah, okay, okay. Every, every, every trip I did was to do a race. So it's yeah. basically how I traveled mm-hmm. um, and how I spent my weekends was, you know, like yeah. in the summer, it's like every weekend I'm going somewhere to, to race or to do an mm-hmm. event or to, you know, hike a mountain or whatever. Right. Um, but then because it's such a small circle, we all really get to know each other. And there are opportunities in that, like, um, for example, I got China was putting on their very first ultra marathon Mm -hmm. and there was a race director who I had done one of his races and the, he was helping China organize this first ultra marathon and they wanted a representative from each country to come and do their first race. So I got like selected for that and my entire trip was paid for. And then they were like, well, you tell us when you 
when you want your plane ticket dates and we'll make it work. So then if I'm going all the way to China and it's being paid for by yeah. someone else, like I'm not going to just stay for the race and go home. So I yeah. brought a backpack and I backpacked around China for a month and just took advantage of the opportunity. Like mm-hmm. so much of it is in my mind is like, is that just taking advantage of the opportunity. Yeah. If I ever needed to go home. There's planes, you know, like, yeah. and it was awesome. It was an amazing experience. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just like you said, putting the focus on on what you want to do, things come out of it and it doesn't matter. And and I really like like you're one of the people that perfectly exemplifies like just doing what you want because you really want to do it and and not worrying about what happens or the what ifs or, or the buts or whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, and obviously what other people think. And, and like you said, you're going there for a month. If something happens, you need to come home, you come home. Yeah. Um, and and it's something that I think a lot of people struggle with. And I can. I can talk to this because I plan a lot uh, where it's like, I want to figure out everything that's happening. So if I was going yes. to China for a month, um, less so now, but you know, a little while ago it would have been like, okay, here's what I'm doing. Here's where yes. I'm staying. This is what happened. Yeah. And, and, and it sounds like you're just like, I'll just go and we'll, we'll figure well, no, it out. I still like, I would still have a complete itinerary. I would do, I'm such a researcher. I would do like massive research planning all of the country and where okay, I'm okay, going to okay. do it and like where I'm going to see it. But I am like, when I travel, anyone that knows me says I travel like I'm like it's an ultra race in itself. Like I'm like, <laughs> I need to see everything and I'm yeah. going to go here for exactly like 1.5 days. And then I'm going to take like this mode of transportation and then I'm going to get to this place <laughs> okay. and see this. Like I, I totally take advantage of it. Um, but it's uh, like, I'm not someone who just shows up in like any city and, and goes with the flow. I'm that planner when it comes to that. Okay, okay. But in terms of opportunity, I won't like, I won't pass up opportunity. I guess that's more so what I was yeah. meaning, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like you're, you're gonna not worry about something or like, just see what happens. Give it a go yeah. at least give it a shot. Yeah. Yes. And, and you can, I mean, you're not, you're not, you're not living with any regrets to that extent. Less so, yeah. I guess I'm sure everybody has some, but yeah. um, what's the, what's the most, I mean, you kind of talked about one, but like incredible moment or something, realization or, or whatever, epiphany or something that's happened on these races because you've done so many and been through so many things that uh, oh. that comes to mind. Yeah, there has been, there has been a lot. Um, like, like I said, so many, everyone yeah. I say like is going to, it changes my perspective on life. But one that was very like timely was, as I mentioned almost everything in one of these are very solo. They're very individual. And I think that's what forces, forces me. And maybe that partly answers the previous, the other question about how does someone find these moments of alignment is it was epic amounts of alone time. Like I, like I would run from Regina to Lumsden in Saskatchewan, like, you know, like on, gravel roads by myself in the middle of winter and you have which no... is very far for anybody that doesn't know yeah. where that is <laughs> yeah, like, i mean there and back would be about like 60 70 kilometers yeah um but it's it's you're very isolated and you have no choice but to go deep right yeah. like mm-hmm. you just have no choice mm-hmm. and so that makes you reflect where i think we can very easily run on the surface in yeah. life where we don't go we don't go deep and so i had spent so much time alone. I got into that bad water race and that was like huge for me was to get into the race. And then I knew that I needed to have a crew. It's just the rules that you needed to have a crew. Yeah. None of the other races. Do you have anybody? Like it's just you. And I had become so focused on like me and my 
my power was going to get through this and my, my strengths were going to get me through this. And I kept saying like, my crew is going to be there because they have to be there, but I'm not actually going to need them. I can, I can do this on my own. And it was such a huge life lesson to, I think I've always been one of those people who was like, I don't need help. Mm. I can do this on my own. I got this I'm strong. I'm independent. I don't need help. Mm -hmm. And it was a huge, huge, like life turning event to actually, um, have them be a part of this experience because it is so like, it's so personal. It's so, it's so Mm -hmm. deep and they witnessed all of it, even though they still say to this day, they're like, well, we saw you do it, but let's not like we knew what you were feeling. And I'm like, no, but you saw my highs, my lows, my, all of this. Like it just, it feels like they got to peer into my soul. I felt like connected to those people in a way that was just mind blowing. Plus they, they were like 100% like committed to help you get through this. And we had so many like ups and downs and scary moments. And, and like, we got stuck in a sandstorm at one point Mm -hmm. and, and like, you know, you had people basically like crying for you because they were so concerned about what you were going through. And, and then when we finished, it felt like it was an independent thing, but it was in my, I didn't question at all. It was a huge team effort and they were there to 100% help me. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time in my life that I ever felt like that, like I got to a point where I could openly 100% like accept help. Yeah. And it wasn't a weakness right. where in my mind, accepting help was like always a weakness mm-hmm. to me. So yeah. that just changed my relationship with people. It changed how I wow. work with others, how I can ask for help on a in life in general now, yeah. where before I was just so stubborn. I was like, I could do this on my own. Right. I don't need anyone. Like yeah. that was really how I functioned through life. Do you think you would have gotten to that point without reaching that? You, like you said, spent so much time alone and really getting deep and within, do you think you would have reached that, uh, th- this feeling and that kind of, um, that sense of that, that connection that you were able to create with these, these other people? Yeah, I don't think so. Like it was, I don't think I would have ever got there without that experience. Like it, wow. It was huge. It was huge. Yeah. That turning within is, is quite, quite phenomenal. And especially, to, I mean, to talk to somebody that has so much forced time alone with yes. in such extreme conditions too. Yeah. I mean, this, it only, it's only a matter of time before it does something positive yes. to your mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like that whole being alone part, like I, and I'm not saying it's bad at all. It was so good. And it's so good for me that Mm -hmm. honestly, like the moment now that I step out, like I love trail running. So the moment I step out on a trail, like I can just, I have so much control over my thoughts Mm -hmm. and I can, I can think about stuff if I really want to. I have some of my best, best brainstorming, um, for work and for projects and for everything. Like when I'm, when I'm running, Um, so I can be brilliant, but if I also, there's too much noise and I want to turn it off, I can be like, I just want to think about nature, take this all in and just stop thinking. I can do that. Like I can get to a point where I have so much mental control Mm. that it, I think that is very useful in so many parts of my life too, is that mental control. So, so I don't want to say that that being solo and being like, so inside your brain was a negative thing. It, It, that didn't play a part in me having a trouble asking for help. It was more that I was just a very stubborn individual from birth kind of thing, right? (laughs) Where like, I didn't ever like asking for help even before I was a runner. Um, But it was, 
you know, I, I was just, it sort of instilled it even further. I could do this on my own. I could do this on my own. Right. But I think the more, more time people can spend in their own head and just going to those uncomfortable places, the more they'll learn about themselves and, and what is going to give them more alignment in, in life. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm wondering, do you, uh, do you practice or, or have ever practiced traditional meditation? I say traditional because you're, what you're doing sounds very similar, but is that something that's part of your, your routine, your life? I've, it's come and gone in my life. And yeah. I, you know, I, I try and use like different meditation, like apps, but right. honestly, I find it most naturally comes like when I'm just, when I'm out yeah. in nature, like whether yeah. it's I'm walking dogs or like yeah. running or this is quite fascinating to me because I've never thought about it in this sense because, I mean, I've never been in that position to that extent where I, I feel like that. I mean, I can personally get there through meditation from kind of what you're explaining, but never just like you're just doing an activity um, yeah. and it's it's quite phenomenal. And I think it I think it's pretty motivational, inspirational also like to to make others whoever's listening to this or you know even myself go try to find those things you really want to do that really make you happy because that will come you know what i mean like at a certain point that will that alignment that whatever meditative state whatever you want to call it will will come yeah yeah i love the term alignment it's so it's so true like that's exactly like so many things like not just like mental alignment but like there's that physical alignment that's happening too so it's like yeah ultimate like personal alignment for sure (laughs) Um, and how do you take care? Uh, obviously, we're talking about a lot of mental things. How do you take care of your body, though? Yeah, and that's the that's the biggest thing that I think is also sort of a, a myth in it that like you're like abusing your body. Right. And the reason I got into running in the first place was actually like rehabbing from a car accident, oh. and that was the only reason I got into running. And it was because I knew if I can strengthen so many of my uh, my muscles that it would help my, my joint that was injured heal and make it stronger. And so I, that's when I really got into, got into running. And through that, my promise to myself was that like anything I'm doing is to, to make myself stronger and better, where if I at any point feel like I'm causing more injury, then like, that's it. Like I'm not, I'm not. And every time I went longer or further or anything with my running, I only came out of it feeling stronger. And so um, recovery is a huge portion of it, like especially in those stage races, when you race multiple days in a row, it's like the moment you stop, you are just focused on like recovering and like elevating your legs, getting into a cold river so that your legs had like cold water therapy. Um, Just, just everything you can think of to recover. It is so key. And, and honestly, like you get to that point too, with your body that you're, you're just so thankful for allowing it to like be this vehicle to see these cool things in the world that you're seeing. You're like, okay, I need this like body to last as long as possible. And honestly, I've never ever felt like I was doing any harm. I've never been injured from any of the sports that I've been doing or any of the training I've been doing. Um, so so it is, you know, I, I focus on recovering like a lot to yeah. just make sure I'm not causing any, any injury. Right. And you're so focused and, and, and aware of what your body's doing that like, there's some people, you know, athletes, I would say others like they just would push themselves, you know, exactly. to do more. It's yeah. like, push yourself, push do more, do more, do more. But you're yeah. so aware 
of what's going on that you haven't injured yourself probably because you know it was going to happen and you prevented it before it even happened. Yeah. And it's true. And it, the other thing is that, you know, there's a big difference between sprinting a 5k and running 500 miles yep. because, you know, like you're trying to find like that pace that your body can maintain for as long as possible. And so if you push it too hard, then it will just come to a, a breaking point. Yeah. And so you're constantly just knowing and watching like the z- zones, your heart rate zones to just make yeah. sure you're not, you know, you're not going crazy. So it might be a turtle pace to someone that's running a, like a sprinting a 5k. Um, but, but it, you can last a lot longer going at that slower pace. Yeah, sure. And I think that's important too. So many people like don't get into running or don't get into physical activity, especially as adults, because they think like you're only good if you're fast. And it's, I have never been interested about being fast. Like I'm more interested in where it can get me in the world and what I can see. And, you know, then, then like enjoying the experience. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I really don't care about how long it takes me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's awesome. And I mean, that's how we should approach it unless you're like, I mean, you're if you're in the Olympics, you probably should focus on that. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you would you would you would uh, mentioned um, the other challenges. You said it's not always just races that you're doing these extreme things. You create challenges in your life. You want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah. So um, most of them are all physical as well. Um, I was doing some work uh, in like a research project that was taking place in Africa. So I was going to Africa for work anyways. And I'm like, well, I want to climb like Mount Kilimanjaro, but I want to do it on the fastest route. Um, So the fastest meaning like it's just the most uphill. It's actually the route that they use for emergencies because they can get Get down down right away. Um, And only like one company will actually like take people up that route. And you have to basically submit like a list of accomplishments and things like that. that They'll trust taking you up there. Um, and so I wanted to do that in three days and then come back down and then do Mount Kenya, which is, um, the second highest mountain and it's supposed to be more technical. So I did back to back like Mount Kilimanjaro, Mount Kenya in the span of five, six days. Um, and then like last year, uh, just before, well, I guess it was in October last year. So almost a year ago, um, I was going to Nepal to actually do some work with, um, uh, a group of Nepalese mountain bikers. Mm. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to Nepal. Like I have to go to base camp. So just set a goal yeah. of like, you know, climbing to base camp and just doing some other climbing in and around that area. Um, so yeah, constantly just trying to find things that I want to do right. challenges. I want to set, like I said, doesn't need to have a trophy at the end. Like, you know, For just sure. any sort of physical things that way. I think I've always been kind of like that though. Like when I was in university, I wanted to have like two degrees by 22. And like, I just always set like these, you yeah. know, these That's what I was going to say, like in, in your personal life, or do you, do you notice yourself doing that? Like even, even yeah, at totally. home, just with little things? Yep, totally. Yeah. But I mean, I, I probably all, I mean, it all strengthens that, you know, the, yes. the, the things you're working on with your mind and, and everything anyway. Yes. But what's interesting about that and with people I've had a couple different like coaches who have worked with me and they think, Oh, well, like that's your competitiveness. And then they get to know me and, and they're like, Oh wow. Like I am the least competitive person you will have ever met. Like uh. I just, I don't have a competitive like bone in my body. And so they're like, everything you're turning these into challenges. They're all very like, it's very in, I'm very intrinsically motivated. Like it, it amazes a lot of the coaches that I've worked with, because they're like, 
they're like, oh, like they're trying to look at these extrinsic factors and be like, oh, this, and it, it really doesn't even go on my radar. Like, wow. and actually if there is competition, I'm, I'm a lot less interested in things. Like I'm like, ah, that's not really my thing. Like, You're in it for the, yeah, like I said, like the experience and yeah. the, uh, the growth or whatever yeah. that will come, yeah. come from it. Yeah. Um, oh, you have so much to talk about. This is incredible. <laughs> No, no, this is, this is great. Um, before we, before we wrap it up, is there anything based on all this experience you've had, uh, that you would like to share or advice or whatever, um, that you'd like to like to say while you're on, while you're on here? Oh, it's so tough. Cause I'd like to say, Oh, I have so much, but at the same time, I'm just kind of like, I also feel like I don't have a lot because my personal journey might be so different than someone else's like, mm someone else's journey but I guess like one thing that you know we touched on is just like like get to know yourself spend lots of time with yourself in not necessarily comfortable situations like in some uncomfortable situations right. so that you get to like explore some of your limits and some of your challenges um a big thing that I'm like I firmly believe in is that we're capable of so much more than we think we are and if I ever like put limits on myself, I don't think I would have experienced even like, you know, probably three quarters of what I've experienced in my life if I put those limits. And so don't get squared into this box, like just find some things that are different for you where you get to spend time with yourself, get into it, start paying attention to what mm-hmm. you're liking, what you're not liking and push past some of those limits too and see, explore, yeah. challenge. Yeah. You, you say that like you're, uh, you don't think it'll apply to other people, but I actually think it's, it's incredibly versatile because, um, it doesn't matter what the situation is. If they're, you're running in the Sahara desert or if you're, uh, you know, I don't know, doing, doing something in an office somewhere, um, you can, you can acquire or work on that mindset or, or, or thinking that way, no matter what. Um, and it's great to hear it from, from someone like you. Thank you. Yeah. If you're interested in more content like this, go check out our website at don'tsettleofficial.ca. We're dedicated to providing resources, information, and content design to assist you on your journey of personal growth, and most of all, to help you live life to the fullest. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll chat with you next time.